0: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
1: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention.
0: PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County.
1: Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org.
0: Everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sport Podcast with your host, Nick Owen. And joining me as always is my trusty sidekick, Mark Ferguson. How are we, Mark? <laughs>
1: I'm a sidekick now, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Robin to your
0: Batman. Every every Batman needs a Robin. I don't know if it's oh, the other thanks. way. I might be the Robin yeah. to your Batman. I'm not sure <laughs> which way it is.
1: I think, judging by your current MLB performance, I'm definitely Robin. Your Batman.
0: <laughs> Small wins, though. Small. That that's that's mm. the thing. You 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 took the big one. <laughs> we okay, Mark? Are we doing all right?
1: Yeah, no, we're all good. Really excited. Talk about some NFL, which we haven't done for. Seven months.
0: Yes, for what feels like pure time, and we've touched on mm-hmm. it in the strategy podcast, haven't we? But uh, you know, we're at an exciting time now. Where, what are we? Six weeks away? Six Sundays? Five Sundays? Did I see? Yeah, on, on Twitter there. over the weekend. This pod is coming probably way too early, Mark. But way too early. We could not hide our excitement because DraftKings have released. The player prices for the main Sunday slate of week one. Uh, anyone that's listened to the pod before knows that I love my fantasy Premier League, and one of the most exciting things that happens in the off season is the player pricing comes out, and all the podcasts go absolutely nuts because they want to get the views out there. They want to tell people who the who they're looking at, who they're fading. You know the interesting prices, and that is essentially what we're here to discuss this evening, Mark. So like we said, it's coming way too early. There's things happening every single day that is going to catch us off guard. But this is more so just to give the listeners a bit of an overview as to what kind of pricing has come out and who we've got our eye on, maybe who we've not got our eyes on, but maybe (laughs) should have. And who were completely fading based on on first glance as well. So we'll dive into it, Mark. Let's not waste yep. any time because we have waited long enough for this moment. So we'll start with our usual trusty quarterbacks. I mean, what what is there to say, Mark, about the quarterbacks? What what are we thinking?
1: I think there's a lot of value here. This for week one. Um, what we've got to understand is we really will not, I mean, we're going to have a proper preseason this year, which we didn't get last year. So that's probably going to help a bit, but we don't really know how these officers are going to go. And there's a few, there's definitely a few questions still for starting quarterbacks at certain places, such as, such as San Francisco and, um, and obviously how the rookies are going to perform. Now, you know more about rookies than I do, which isn't hard. Because I don't know anything about them. But um, and it's way too early to start researching them. And also, you know, there's plenty of people gonna still be cut from these squads. But yeah, I think there's some really good value there. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the most expensive at 8.1, no surprise there. You've got Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, who were just who were just lights out last year. Great DFS plays. Uh, so yeah, I think for me, my favorite. If I could choose one which is really good value for me, I would say it was Cam Newton at 5.4 for New England against my own.
0: Interesting, because I'd looked at at Cam Newton's price, but I was probably on the other side of that. I was looking at it and I was like, I'm still not sold on this New (laughs) England offence of randomly put together pieces. Uh, It's sort of like when you drop a vase and glue it and hope that it, it looks something Something like it once did. Um, I mean, I, tell me about the Cam Newton before I go over what caught my eye, Mark. What is it you're liking about Cam Newton?
1: So, I think we know that. I think he's a he's a better DFS play than he is a fantasy football player just because he has he has that week where he can run in two touchdowns. You know, he has he has that week where he suddenly he'll throw four. He also has the week where he does nothing. Literally nothing. Um, it's one of those plays because it's week one. Like you said about the vase analogy, which is a really good, really good analogy about New England. You just generally don't know. This could be a Ming vase when it all comes out of the preseason. You just don't know because it's week one. He's five point four, which is a. I can't even. I haven't, I've not bothered counting how many quarterbacks there are above him. But even Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jimmy Garoppolo are more expensive than him. Well, I say even Ryan Fitzpatrick, he might be a good player, actually, at 5.5 as well. Um, I try not to get too excited about my own team, though, so that's why I don't really talk about them. But yeah, he's, um, and we don't know, for example, he's going against Miami. We've got no idea if that's going to be a good defence or a bad defence. He said that about all these quarterbacks. So yeah, I think I think it would be low-owned because just people don't like him in DFS. So to me, 5.4 seems like great value.
0: I Jalen Hurts price caught my eye at 64 as one of the more expensive quarterbacks and just historically looking back on last year uh, the Falcons gave up the most points per week on DraftKings to quarterbacks. Um but I really like the pricing of the two San Francisco Gunslingers. So this is one of those where you've got to Definitely got to monitor what's going on in the offseason, but there seems to be more and more buzz that Trey Lance potentially could be the number one guy going into week one. And if he is, 4,500 against a really, really poor Detroit Lions team that's, you know, you might as well just blow it up, whatever whatever is happening there. And I, I don't know if you could even call it a rebuild, but 4,500 for Trey Lance, if he starts week one is... I don't think there's a lineup I would create that he wouldn't be in, which might be a silly way to look at it. But on the flip side of that coin, if Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback going into week one, as much as I don't really believe in Jimmy Garoppolo, 5,500 for a San Francisco quarterback against a team as poor as Detroit, you know, if, if he's going out there as number one in week one it's only going to take a couple of poor performances. I think before we do see Trey Lance and before the the 49ers fan base starts calling for Jimmy's head, basically, and he's got to go out there and he's got to perform if he is given the reins in, in week one. And I think at 5,500, he is a pretty good price. Really. He's only 400 more than Jared Goff. And, Jared Goff is going against the San Francisco defence which we know is a good defence so that really caught my eye I'd absolutely love Trey Lance to be the starter going into week one because 4,500 could be the the steal of the slate there but there's a lot to like here I agree with you Mark
1: Who would you pair him with? Whoever you play from San Francisco though, who would you pair him with because, I mean, Debo Samuel Samuel and um, Ayuk are pretty cheap. They're both under 6K. George f- Kittle
0: 6.3. Yeah. I felt mm. they were both underpriced, the two San Francisco receivers. Mm. I've no doubt we will come on to receivers, but it's interesting mm. that you said that because both felt underpriced to me. And if, if anything, I was surprised to see Debo Samuel priced slightly higher than Ayuk when, to me, he seems like the true number one there. Debo Samuel might be the big play receiver, but I think the one that you're probably going to see the most targets with is Ayuk. And there's always that injury concern with Debo as well. Until he shows otherwise that he can stay on the field consistently. Um I would potentially even another thing that I really liked if I was if I was pairing them up with, you know, stacking, I for me, I don't see anything wrong with actually picking two San Francisco running backs in week one either because yeah I went there <laughs> I went there yeah. you're
1: going right off the reservation I now, went aren't
0: you? there I'm going rogue um, but yes Mostert at 5,800 and you have Trey Sermon at 4,500 could be two two great players because I've no doubt Trey Sermon will get his touches I've, for me I think Raheem Mostert's going to be the number one guy going into into the start of the season and we'll see the most carries but that could be a wise play because you're covering your base I suppose then with potentially a flex position there if you put Trey Sermon in your flex that if he comes in and has a big play something's going to come out of the San Francisco backfield because that is just how they play they run the ball regardless of who they start at quarterback whether that's Jimmy or whether that's Trey Lance they're going to run the football so for me that could be a a bit of a differential play. I don't think many people are going to pick two San Francisco running backs, but it could really work, especially against Detroit.
1: Yeah, I mean, if history tells anything, um, most uh, will run, will score a 75-yard touchdown and then get injured. <laughs> so, there's, so there's 15 points, then Trey Sermon comes in. If Trey Sermon doesn't at the starter, he's going to be very popular, I think, at a 4.5, especially in a Shanahan offence, which has you know, historically been very kind to running backs. I suspect the passing game there would therefore be the leverage play because I think it'll be under owned um so i kind of i kind of i kind of do like that you know from my from a game theory point of view I really like it mm.
0: I think it's a game that you'd expect San Francisco to win, and again we know in in games like that the teams will run the ball more so mm. is yeah. there anyone that you you looked at in the quarterbacks mark where you thought? I can't see myself picking you, regardless of what happens between now and the start of the season.
1: Um, Trevor Lawrence of Jacksonville, assuming we'll he gets the start. I'm, um, I know he's only playing Houston, which seems like a nice matchup. But unlike you, I'm a little bit less inclined to start with a rookie quarterback in their first game. I think I'll, like, I'll, let, I'll let everybody else go for the shiny new toys.
0: I was going to say, I, I suspect his ownership is going to be fairly, fairly positive, given that he is playing Houston, who are a train wreck.
1: Hmm. But are they, are they that much of a train wreck that Trevor Lawrence is going to score a lot of points in his first NFL start?
0: It's an interesting point. It's a very interesting yeah. point. And he's priced at 6,200 as well.
1: Yeah, he's ahead of people like Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Mayfield, Burrow.
0: Yeah, understandably the highest of the rookies that have been drafted on the slate. But you expect that because I think we're all expecting him to just stroll into the starting quarterback position in Jacksonville and produce the kind of things that we're accustomed to seeing him produce when he was in college. But we shall see on that. I I think
1: he'll be successful. I just don't think he's a week one play for me. That's all.
0: Fair. Yeah. Edging your bets a little bit there, then Mark. Or, you know, yeah. Being a I'm little bit risk averse with the rookies. Yes,
1: yeah, I'm just old and risk averse.
0: <laughs> I, I actually, I don't really like the look of Justin Herbert there against the Washington Football Team, Washingtons. Um, Six thousand seven hundred is is one of the more expensive quarterbacks on the slate. Uh, as far as I'm aware, your defense hasn't got any worse. Yeah. It was one of the
1: top players
0: last year. Yeah. So I'm I'm fading that a little bit. And it's a bit of a common theme throughout. When I did look at each position, I I was pretty much swerving everything that I saw, charges wise. I know we'll come to running backs in a moment, but Austin Eckler for me was also a a, a fade at 7,000. We might as well move on to running no, backs, yeah, as I've just, just, just mentioned, Austin Eckler. Yeah, but... let's
1: let's start let's start with our fades and on running back. <laughs> yeah,
0: so I mean, Austin Eckler for me, it's just coming up against that defense. I'm I'm inclined to completely ignore anything LA Chargers in the first week and actually start the Washington's football team uh, defense special team. Mm. That's where I'm going at the moment with it.
1: Yeah, there should be plenty of sacks from that team over the air, assuming everybody stays healthy enough during camp. Um, if I was going to fade a running back, I think it'd be, um, <laughs> there's a theme coming on here. Najee Harris of Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, just
0: picking on all the rookies, Mark. Are you, just, yeah, you got something
1: against the rookies? Guy, kind of, he's, um. You know, he's only 6'3", so he's not exactly the most expensive. The, the prices running backs, by the way, are ridiculous, I think. I don't know what you think. Maybe we'll talk about a little bit more about that when we talk about who we're taking. But I think it's absolutely ridiculous, the pricing of running backs. When you consider last year there was weeks where there was no priced over 8,000, I don't think. It's crazy that there's like five, 8,000 or above. Yeah, um, he seems to be talked about, like, from what I can see, is sort of the almost like the best... Rookie running back for week one, a lot of people are saying, I think, because of the situation he's landed in and stuff. But he's coming up against Buffalo, who have been a pretty good defense last year. Pretty good defense, I thought. And uh, also, he's again, it's a rookie in his first game. I just don't think at 6.3 he's necessarily going to hit value.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. So, yeah, I, I felt that about the running backs as well. I think when, when you look at the running backs' early doors, and then you look at what you know as the season went on, and players like Derek Emery and Delvin Cook were returning every single week, and Kamara. You see, you, you saw prices steadily rise over the the course of the year, but the course of the season. But yeah, I, I felt that as well. Nothing I was looking at running back wise was near the top. Everything was was lower down. And actually, going back to your point about Trevor Lawrence, one of the is very similar to the, the most that and Trey Sermon double up. I actually quite like the look of a, a James Robinson Travis Etienne double up with the running <laughs> backs as well. A little bit more expensive than the San Francisco double up, but if you read anything that's coming out of preseason, James Robinson apparently looks quicker, sharper, as powerful. He's running well between the tackles, and I know it is only you know preseason camp and you, there's only so much you can take from it, but. I still think James Robinson will be involved and Travis Etienne is the kind of running back where you can give him the ball out of the backfield and he can make plays in you know in passing down so I think they'll both have a role on that offense and that could be a sneaky good play especially given you know week 1 Houston they're not a great team they're not a great defense, but week one you've got a rookie quarterback out there. You lean on your running game a little bit, and if Jacksonville do take the lead in that game and it goes as you may suspect, game script might go. Then you know players like James Robinson and Travis Etienne, the they're, they're, they're gonna they're gonna get those uh, they're gonna get those opportunities, and you you, you can look back historically on. Last season, Houston Texans gave up the most points to running backs. So there's, you know, we've not got the stats for this season yet. But looking back on last season, there's not much that's improved. There's, there's not much that's changed there. So I yeah, like the I, double up.
1: The only I just you, I just you might cap your ceiling though by having two from the same team. I almost feel like you need how many? You need four different lineups. To to pair your San Francisco's and your your yeah, Jacksonville, you you which would. I think which I think would be a great if you're making multiple lineups is a really good way of um, also saving some money there as well, yeah. and definitely would make you um, definitely have leverage and stuff. Um, but for me, this, I just this this running back just stands out as so underpriced to me for um, Mike Davis of Atlanta at five point four k. I don't think he's got any real competition in the backfield, has he? No, they've
0: got a
1: rookie there, they, but I don't They think talked about um about threat I don't think. Yeah, Quadriolison or what, is it called Quadriolison being the number 2 there or something like that? It's, it doesn't seem like much of a threat. Um Atlanta at home, you know, historically they've been quite high scorers at home. You know, I think I think people would be interested in the passing game there. A 5.4 Just lock him in.
0: Mm. Do you know who else I think is criminally underpriced? And this is a a tough one to gauge because James Conner has been brought in in Arizona and you don't know how much of a role he's going to have on that offence. You'd assume that there's going to be maybe a committee backfield there or split carries. But Chase Edmonds at 4,600 as well, who when given the opportunity in the past has had Games that you might have expected him to absolutely go off, and he hasn't, and games where you've not, he's gone off for big plays. But that could be one to watch at 4,600. To be fair, James Connors also cheap at 4,500. I think that shows that that is quite a close backfield there. Um, So not, not quite the same situation where there's a clear path to carries.
1: Yeah, I suspect by week two, one of those will have rocketed up and the other one will have sort of... Yeah, yeah.
0: Bit. One's going to outperform the other, you would, you would think, in, mm-hmm. in week one. Of the premium assets, I do quite like Alvin Kamara. If I was to pick one of the more expensive running backs, Mark, I think Kamara would be the guy who I would go with simply because we know I bag Green Bay's defence was last year against running backs. And I think because of the situation in New Orleans around the quarterback. I mean, we don't know who is going to be starting. Is it going to be Jameis? Is it going to be Taysom Hill? Mike Thomas obviously being injured. I think there'll be a lot of a lot of workload, a lot of emphasis put on that running back position. Um then again, given that there are those injuries, you know, it, it could be Green Bay stacking the box to try and shut down Kamara. So I like him in terms of the workload he should see and what he's up against in Green Bay's run defence. But I think the route that I'll go down in week one, looking at the prices, is just to completely swerve anyone really above probably Aaron Jones.
1: Yeah. I mean, Latavius Murray's only 4.3, by the way, in New Orleans. Yeah. yeah, I'll He could understand. easily get into the end zone a couple of times. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you'd go all the way down to Aaron Jones. Wow, yeah, yeah. I can, I, I know. Complete. I get it as well because week one is going to be questions. There is questions about almost all of those, except possibly Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, but they're so expensive they kind of really hamstring what you can do with the rest of your team. Yeah, And
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: yeah. and the wide receivers are really reasonable. I think when we move to wide receivers, I think they're really reasonably priced compared with the running backs. And I think I'd like to, I'd like to put more of my. Um, salary into wide receivers I think
0: yeah I quite like it's a bit of a middling price but I do quite like Joe Mixon at 6200 as well of the running backs hoping for a bounce back season from Joe he can be I think he's one of those players where he's a better player to watch on TV than a player to either play in fantasy or DFS at times But there's been improvements there in in Cincinnati you know, with the offensive line and hopefully he's a clean bill of health, fingers crossed, going into this season. Um, And Minnesota, again, their run defence was not great at all last year. In fact, it was only slightly worse than Green Green Bay's. So for me, that could be one to watch as well because he has a very, very, very clear path to carries Joe Mixon.
1: Yeah, I think I think he's getting talked up quite a lot though. I've seen him talked up quite a lot, and I suspect come week one he'll be talked up because of the high pricing for everybody else. And you know me, I don't like playing too many chalky pieces. So, yeah, if he gets talked up, I would. If he doesn't though, he definitely looks good value. Yeah. One
0: thing anything? before we move on to the receivers, yeah. one thing I'm completely ignoring in week one is um, anything to do with the Buffalo backfield. Singletary and Zach Moss are priced at 4 7 and 4 6. Who knows what's going to be happening there? Josh Allen will probably have the most receiving yards yeah. in week one. Uh, <laughs> we'll move swiftly on to the wide receivers. A lot to like here, Mark. We've already touched yeah, on the San Francisco guys. That I really liked Ayuki, he felt quite underpriced to me for what he gives, and he had a really strong finish to the season, the second half of the season. Um. But yeah, there is, there's a lot to like here.
1: Yeah, the top price is 8.3, which is a lot less than the top running back with uh, Devontae Adams. Um, for me, again, one which really stands out, and um, this won't surprise anybody who see me play best ball, was um, Russell Gage at 5.3 for Atlanta. I think it's just fantastic value.
0: I agree. I'm I'm high on Russell Gage. I know everyone at Five Yard Rush is mm. seemingly high on Russell Gage this year, and I, I am. Mean, he had a, had a sneakily good year last year, and that was behind Ridley, yeah. Julio Jones when he played mm. Aidan Hurst. Um, but he he was targeted really heavily, and I think he slides into that number two receiver position for them for a similar reason. I quite like the price of Kyle Pitts as well at tight end. I know he's a rookie, Mark, and you're probably not going to like that. Yeah. But no, the he's fact, my fade. <laughs> the, the fact that Julio isn't there anymore, those targets have got to go somewhere. And Atlanta are mm. a passing team. And yeah, no, and yeah, I love the and, price. Um, there.
1: Yeah, and also I think I suspect. Oh yeah, Zacchaeus is three point four as well. So we've seen last year in certain games, Atlanta have definitely been able to um, feed three receivers. Uh, I think it was at the Dallas game last year where they went off for definite and stuff, and um, so yeah, I think there's options there. Again, I'm I'm more I'm more interested in them than um, Pitts in it for Atlanta, but then again, I'm already picking player Mike Davis, so I wouldn't be having them all in the same lineup.
0: Yeah, yeah. one thing that I was a little bit on the fence about when I was looking at the pricing, and obviously the, these would be a lot more appealing if Carson Wentz hadn't just picked up an injury. We don't really know who's going to be starting at quarterback for Indianapolis in week one. As it stands at the moment, it looks like it could be Jacob Eason, but we don't know what moves or what veteran presence there might be in that backfield come week one. But one thing I did notice is against that very poor Seattle secondary, um, the, the Indianapolis receivers are priced pretty fairly. And if...
1: They're cheap.
0: They are dirt cheap, and if that is something where you're applying the game theory to it as well, in terms of what might happen if Indianapolis fall behind in that game, they're going to have to throw the ball.
1: Yeah, and you can you can create a really nice game stack from there with Russell Wilson and um, Metcalf or Lockett or possibly um, Everett. Is it Everett's moved to Seattle? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and um, so yeah, you can. Um, And the fact that Indy have all those, the problem is, you know, which one, you you can make a case for all of the top four, uh, Hilton, Pittman, Campbell or Pascal, you know, but they only range between 4.7 and 3.7. So um, I know before the season started last year, I was big on Campbell, but I think he got injured a lot, didn't he? Yeah. Was it Campbell who got injured or was it Pittman who got injured a lot?
0: Pittman was injured, certainly in in the first half of the season. yeah, he didn't. I think it was Campbell no, I was into. And he
1: only played two games.
0: Yeah, I think Campbell was a lot more stoked for the season, pretty much.
1: Yeah, he was, yeah. And Pittman was injured five. So it was Campbell who was, was... I I drafted him everywhere, you know, in best balls and things like that. But yeah, um, it if he's healthy at 3.7. But like you say, that situation with the passing game, the quarterback is... It's, I think there's so many other options, places you can go. Yeah. And feel a bit more comfortable.
0: I think... The the New Orleans receivers caught my eye as well because they're also very, very cheap. Um, obviously, we've not got Mike Thomas there with his little slant ropes hogging the targets. Um, and we've not got Drew Brees throwing the ball anymore either. Um, and they can't run Alvin Kamara every play because that's just not going to work. So you look down at the New Orleans receivers then and you have Smith at 4-9. And then beyond that, you're dropping down to sort of like the mid three and a halfs, Callaway, Harris. So, for again, those could be receivers to target in the first week because they're up against Green Bay, and that again could be something whereby, if game script dictates that they're going to have to throw the ball, then those that that ball's got to go somewhere.
1: Yeah, and if it's Jameis Winston, there's you know. He's, he's one of those players which is a far better DFS player than a real-life player. And, you know, he makes, he makes his receivers look good. It's a case of finding the right one. But you can create some fantastic game stacks with that Green Bay-New Orleans game. Uh, you know, I think it'll be quite popular. I suspect Traquan Smith will be um, um, very, very popular in that respect. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, um, it's definitely another interesting place. And once again, as we've discussed, it feels like it feels like the wide receiver position has lots of options and lots of good value as well. Which, as I say, that makes me push towards playing the heavier, the heavy-priced running backs. But it just, I just don't, I don't know. We'll see how the figures come out. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it could. Yeah, I mean, you could have really because of how the receivers are priced, you could have a balance across your team really, whereby. There'll be enough there to play one of the top running backs, and then maybe looking at one of the the running backs like we said. Um, you know, the, a, you know, a Mike Davis, for example, at five thousand four hundred. You'll make back the funds elsewhere in in your receiver core in week one, I think, because they are priced so fairly.
1: I think. I think if you're going to buy so we already know that one of the Millimaker competitions contests on um, DraftKings this year. On week one is like a. it's got one point one million entries in it or something. So if you're gonna if you're gonna win that, if you just decide you want to win a million stuff, you're probably gonna end up having to pick the white the correct wide receiver from say New Orleans or Indy, those sort of price range that really that blows up for 150 yards and two touchdowns. I feel like you're gonna have to find that line up.
0: Yeah. I know that you said that you uh fade in my guy was it my guy at receiver? Yeah. Um, no, no, it wasn't my it, it, it was Kyle oh. Pitts. Move on to the tight, Kyle Pitts at the tight end, yeah, and ahead of myself, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, Kyle Pitts, you're fading yeah. my guy, Kyle Pitts, at tight end. I know yeah. this is a position we just be purely ownership talking about, Mac, Is it you know, no, 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 I, no. I suspect that Travis Kelsey is going to be highly owned because it's Travis Kelsey and yeah. he's always highly owned and he's the standout tight end amongst. The tight ends, uh, George Kittle coming in at 2,000 less. I well, thought that was quite surprising. He's still priced quite expensively at 6-3 for a tight end, but yeah. a whole 2,000 less than Kelsey. What do we think on that, man? Yeah, and
1: also Kelsey's the same price as the highest-priced wide receiver. So it does make it hard. I mean, obviously, Kelsey has Mahomes around to him, whereas Kittle could have a rookie on his first game, or, or Garoppolo, who people aren't... Um, aren't always that keen on it. I mean, the fact that Hawkinson, to me, for Detroit is the third highest tight end just shows, again, how this is... The tight end position hasn't got any better since we've been away, Nick, basically. Oh, um, no, no. It's absolutely, it's absolutely um, awful. Uh, because of that, if you're not going to pick Kelsey, I don't see the pointing going for one of those middling ones. I think you can... You can you know... I Don't you find it odd as well that Hunt Henry is the fifth... For New, for New England, is the fifth highest priced one. And he's probably sharing the tight end position with Jonu Smith. I
0: find that bizarre. And I actually had it in my mm-hmm. notes, Matt, that I, I actually had Jonu Smith as uh, potentially as a starter in, in a lineup yeah. simply because he's not been brought in. I think New Orleans, I think New England will play quite a bit of twin tight end, I feel. 12 personnel. Um, I think you you bring in a guy like Johnny Smith and if you don't throw him the ball, I, I feel like you're not using him to his full potential. Um, I was surprised that there was such a difference in price because when you look down from Hawkinson, it's basically just a countdown of you you knock $100 off each each position <laughs> until you get down to Johnny Smith and then you you sort of level out at Johnny Smith and Evan Ingram who were both priced at 4100 but that that six hundred dollar saving there on the price for someone who scored almost the same points per game as Hunter Henry last year, and yeah, I suppose you could argue with Johnny Smith that he had his big games, which were big, and then he had his poor games, which were no targets. Um, and that I makes don't him know a great if, DFS player. It does because that you only need that one week where he hits, mm. and I don't know if that was potentially. You know, a product of of the way that Tennessee play as well, because obviously we know AJ Brown's the big receiver there, and we know that Derrick emery is an absolute stallion at running back. um But yeah, I think New England. I think they will go a lot of twin tight end. They've, they've done it in the past. We'll not mention names because we won't go down that that you know keep okay. keep the pod PG. But yeah. yeah, they have done it in the past. Um and it, it's, it's worked well for them in the past. So maybe that's something that Bill Belichick is, is maybe looking to run again this coming season. But yeah, I, I like Johnny Smith's price there.
1: Yeah, actually, I like, you already mentioned him, Evan Ingram at 4.1, I like him as well. I think he's, he's as athletic as any of the tight ends. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: dear. Not even week one. Not, no, no, not even week tight one. Tight end athleticism. No, I know. Here well, we go.
1: Jordan Aikens is only three three thousand, so just to remember that, okay. Uh, oh dear. <laughs> it shows what the shambles it is. I mean, I might one thing I just want to talk about actually, Irv Smith, Minnesota. So the reason he appeals to me is if you're gonna stack say so you wanted the Minnesota stack um, with Kirk Cousins, Thielen and Jefferson are both over seven K. So if you're gonna stack Thielen and Jefferson and Cousins, you need Thielen and Jefferson both to get probably 30 points each. Because they're 7K. Now, not many teams can have two receivers with 30 points each. So, you know I mean, but what you could do is drop one of Thielen or Jefferson, put it in Irv Smith, or find out who the third receiver is going to be for Minnesota. And suddenly that that stack then works a little bit better because, you know, they don't need, you don't have to have two receivers with 30 points now. You know, Earth Smith just needs 16, 17 points. So, he, he could have some. I can have some interest in him as well because of that for that game stack.
0: Yeah. Interestingly, you did mention Jordan Aikens and it's worth just touching <laughs> on that, but at 3000, that that could be, that could be a great price looking at a week one because I can't, was it Fells, Darren Fells, Darren Fells. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, he's not, not in Houston anymore. Um, uh, There's, a clear How approach, many weeks we did we say? think
1: this was the week? How many weeks wow. last year did we say this was the week,
0: and I it know. never was?
1: No, he scored thirteen points in week um, in week eleven. That was his high point.
0: Yeah, I know clearer path potentially to targets this year, but mm. I've got, I think again it's that kind of position where you throw a dart, put names on a board, throw a dart, and whoever the dart lands on, that's your tight end for the week because. Yeah. The anything outside of Kelsey and Kittle is priced so close together that you might as well just pick a random and hope for the best. Yeah. And, and to be honest, the tight end position—that is it in a nutshell. It's such a random position, and the scoring is so varied week to week. Unless you are one of the top two or top three tight ends,
1: yeah. The ways—if you want to get a bit more tactical with it—I would. You could use them as I've just mentioned as a Smith. Uh, as a as in a stack has to give you a cheap piece of a stack. Or you know, for example, Tonyan could be paired with the Devontae Adams, you know, and um those sort of things. Um yeah, that's about but that's again I'm clutching a bit there. But that's if I want to look like I'm not doing what you said the dartboard, that's how I would look at it. Uh
0: I think I will still have Some uh, some uh, Kyle Pitts in my lineups going into week one. I know you're fading the rookies, Mm. Mark, but I don't think he'll be priced at four thousand four hundred for very long on the slate Mm. going forward. So, well, I
1: I might have him in the pool. I might have him in my player pool. Just if I had to do one single entry lineup, he wouldn't be it. Fair, fair. Because one of the reasons being, you can put Ridley and Gage together quite cheaply.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: you don't need to use him. Like Irv Smith, you see what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Rounding us off then, Mark. We've come to the defence and special teams.
1: We're not going to talk about defences, are we, now?
0: It's We've got to to mention them. We've got to (laughs) to give them some love. To be honest, there's, there's not much I've got in my notes on this, Mark. The three that stand out for me at the price is the Washingtons Um. Quite like them at their price at 3200 And beyond that, I felt that the, the Chiefs were priced fairly at 3000 And I also thought that the Steelers at $2,800. Um, and the reason I like mm-hmm. the Steelers as well is I think people will be favouring Buffalo at home. So that could be just you know there's going to be people Great that will start, then. yeah people will be starting Josh Allen um yeah. no doubt people will be starting Stefan Diggs and i suspect that you know certainly Diggs is still going to get his targets Josh, Josh Allen i'm sure won't have an awful day but if if he does the chances are it's going to be as a result of the Pittsburgh Steelers defense so at 2800 it's slightly more expensive than the bills but i think a lot a lot of people i think will side more with the bills winning that game and for that reason, maybe won't pick the Steelers defense. So I think if there was a leverage anywhere amongst defenses, that that could be a, a good one at the price.
1: Mm. Well, you know I me; mean? I just fit in the defense that works with the lineup. But if I had to pick a cheap one, and hear me out here, I think I might choose Houston because they're at home. They're against Jacksonville. They're only two point one. So they're the sort of, you know cheapest is two and they're two point one. Everything is new in Jacksonville. Everything. And we've seen this in the past, you know, these college coaches with great reputations and stuff don't always translate to the NFL, or they might take a little bit of time to get going, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, Houston defense against a rookie quarterback 2.1 seems pretty good value to me,
0: yeah. And I know last season we 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 loved those bargains, yeah. Well, it's all yeah, like later, bargains. I think. Um, <laughs> so, One of the ones that I think is is quite contrasting, when you look at the price of the Green Bay defense on the road in the Dome against the Saints, and the Saints are priced at 2,200, um, we're talking a defense here that was least points given up against running backs last year. They were in the top five for points given up against quarterbacks again. Maybe you're expecting Green Bay to win that game because of the uncertainty at quarterback in New Orleans and you know the Mike Thomas injury. They look a little bit depleted on offense, but at 2,200, that's a cheap... De- I don't think there's that much difference in the defense between New Orleans and Green Bay that this should be priced 1,300 less than Green Bay. I wouldn't feel great. Spending three and a half thousand on any defense of that matter, but not the Packers against the Saints.
1: Yep, that makes sense. It's, it's going to be a close again. Those prices show. I'm just thinking if Trey Lance started as well, whether Detroit at 2.2 would also be in the mix.
0: You're really fading in these rookies, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's, it's good to have a theme. It's a theme show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I, I like it, and I get the theory there behind it, Mark, as well. Um, and no doubt, if he was to start, it would be a very popular play. So playing a defense against that is, I mean, it, it's it's certainly not going to swing the matchup in your favor, but it might help. It might help. I, I, I
1: would, I would, I generally, I would generally consider making my player pool of defenses only ones versus rookies. In their first arc, because there could be, there should be a few of them, shouldn't there, as well?
0: And it's, potentially, it's not necessarily going to free up a huge amount to spread across your lineup. But as we've discussed throughout, there is some players that you might want to target in the higher price bracket. And if you can save yourself a thousand plus on your defense, mm. you know, it goes a long way throughout the lineup. So,
1: yep, indeed,
0: Mark. We are 900. And 33 hours and 30 minutes away from this slate going live at 6pm uh, on Sunday, the 12th of September. <laughs> if the listeners are thinking, how's he just work that out? I haven't. There is a countdown clock <laughs> on DraftKings. And we are counting down to week one. We can't wait. This came very, very early. I've no doubt we'll be doing something similar right before week 1 to preview our lineups maybe something a little bit different than what we brought you last year as well but we'll keep you posted on that nearer the season mark a pleasure it's great that we've been able to talk NFL again it is an NFL talk so at good. the end of the day yeah it's so yeah. good
1: to it's so good to be back it's like it, yeah and this and this year we've got the whole season as well cuz don't forget we only started week 9 last year so we have. We'll and be fin- sick of each other by week 20.
0: Fingers crossed, <laughs> if, the, uh, if the if if the the league continues the way it is doing with the vaccine, then hopefully there'll be a lot less COVID that we'll have to worry about this season as well, uh, unless you call Beasley, in which case COVID is a concern. Um, yeah. A pleasure as always, Mark. Thank you very much and we will be back, I've no doubt, with another strategy pod between now and the season starting. Um, maybe even a couple. Who knows? Where can the listeners find you, Mark?
1: Uh, on Twitter at underscore smrf.
0: You can find me at nick of wigan. We'll be back with you soon, guys. If you are betting anything, just make sure you do gamble responsibly, whether you're playing NFL or any other sport for that matter. Sign our listeners off, Mark. How should they be drafting? <laughs>
1: Half responsibly. Correct.